This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you? How was your game yesterday? Well, uh, we uh, the game uh, the the golf game's a little bit rusty. Naz uh, had a, had a tough time on the front nine. Uh, uh, a little bit better on the back nine. Putting uh, putting is a little bit off. Hit some good shots, uh, uh, but is just happy to be uh, just happy to be outdoors yesterday. Uh, it's a fantastic day. Long time coming, and uh, hopefully we have uh, we have many more. So. Uh, so I'm did sure. your round get played in time? Pardon me? Sorry, Nath. Did your round get played in time, usual uh, time, or was it delayed? Uh, no, it was the usual time. You know, oh, the, uh, it was the usual time. Um, uh, everything everything was good. Every, you know, the course was practicing, uh, trying trying to practice uh, social distancing. They were doing their very best in terms of uh, how to deal with the public. They were greeting us all in the parking lot. Uh, asking us to wait before we got to our tea. Um, uh, quite frankly, some of the people that I saw there were practicing social distancing better than others. Uh, I'll just I'll just leave it at that. I had a great time. My my group was respectful of uh, what uh, what's what's appropriate uh, in, in these times and. Uh, Beautiful being out in the, in the outdoors. Uh, nice, uh, nice to get around. And uh, yeah, we, uh, we we finished in I would say the usual time. Everything everything went well. Let's let's put it that okay. way. So I'm looking forward to to many more. Uh, get get ready next weekend. It's supposed to hit thirty. Yeah, so we, uh, we'll break out the shorts next weekend. Uh, oh, for sure. We'll get we'll get the shorts and uh, short sleeves, short sleeve uh, polo short. Uh, shirt for next weekend so yeah it was, it was good spirits and uh since we're on the golf uh we're on the golf bug uh taking the opportunity today to uh, uh take the opportunity now to let our listeners know what's coming up on the show uh right after the first break there's a great new book out it's called the second life of tiger woods uh, it's written by Michael Bamberger. Michael Bamberger is a writer for Golf Magazine. He's been a senior writer for Sports Illustrated for over 23 years, has chronicled uh, Tiger Woods' uh, career, and uh, he uh, uh, wrote a book. It's just out, and uh, interesting book. Look at, really looking forward to, uh, to speaking to Michael Bamberger about his book, The Second Life of Tiger Woods. Our second guest, I'll let you introduce this one, Naz. Uh, Bob, go ahead. Bob Elliott, formerly of the Toronto Sun, and now uh, he wrote a book on uh, the Blue Jays, and it's an amazing book. I, I, I read about 40 pages last night, and uh, some interesting stories in there. Yeah, the book is, uh, I, I just 
able to uh, read the reviews on it and uh, obviously took the opportunity to review Bob Elliott's career. Uh, there isn't anybody. Uh, the book is called If These Walls Could Talk, and it's the uh, Bob Elliott is the dean of baseball writers in Canada. There's 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 baseball writers, and then there's Bob Elliott in Canada, and that's not a disrespect to uh, to any of the other writers. Uh, some great ones. That just tells you the ultimate respect we have for Bob Elliott and. Uh, uh, he's certainly uh, the greatest uh, uh, baseball writer of his generation in Canada. Uh, we're thrilled to have him. It's a privilege to have him on the show, and thanks for uh, uh, thanks for setting it up, Naz. Uh, he's got a new book out. Uh, Bob Elliott, of course, uh, for so many years, um, uh, Blue Jays baseball. He's not just a Blue Jays writer. He's baseball. He's got a website now, the Canadian Baseball Network. There's no no person who's more supportive of Canadian baseball in, in all its different facets. Uh, interestingly enough, started uh, started with the Montreal Expos in uh, some great Expo years in the late 70s, early 80s. So certainly looking forward to talking to Bob Elliott about his book. And uh, maybe we'll get into some other, uh, certainly love to chat with him about all things Blue Jays and all things baseball. Fantastic. How are you? Uh, how are you keeping? By the way, Nas, keeping really good, Wally. Keeping really good. Yeah, things are things good. are going uh, well. And uh, it sounds, before sounds, we, it sounds like this is uh, letting up a bit. Yeah, I'm sensing a little bit more activity. Um, you know, there's we still have. Uh, you know, everybody still has to be careful. Uh, the weather uh, obviously is is seems to be lifting. Sp- people's spirits it's getting people outdoors there seems to be a little bit more energy outdoors um uh, you know after you've spent a long winter in canada uh certainly seeing some sunshine and some warmer weather tends to tends to lift people's energy levels and tends to lift their spirits no question about that so uh i have to talk to you about the soccer game i watched German soccer game this morning replay, and it looked like they were scrimmaging with no fans up there. No fans. It doesn't look right. Well, it it doesn't look right, but it's coming to a station near us. Uh, Oh my God! They look like they were scrimmaging. Yeah, I mean that's that's just the the blunt new reality for the near future when professional sports starts up. Uh, in North America, it will likely start up uh, without fans, and um, and that's that's just the way it's going to happen. And, uh, I, I have a feeling the win is going to be very soon. Uh, sorry, Ness. I have a feeling the win is going to be very soon. Um, we're all obviously looking forward to it. Uh, you know, we're and it's going to be interesting. I think when when professional sports gets back on on tv the ratings will probably go through the roof uh the nfl is talking about uh getting their schedule going there there whether there's fans or not is, is a different question you know the nba and the nhl are still under discussion um you know, i i you know if you're going to start the nhl season back or the nhl playoffs back what middle of june july uh um, july 1st um, I'm, 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 you know, I was, 
I'm ambivalent about that one, Naz. Like, you know, NHL hockey in July with with the Stanley Cup at stake, I, I know we're all anxious to get professional it, sports it, going. Well, but it, my, it, yeah. If the Leafs won the Stanley Cup, would take it? <laughs> I would care less. I get it. You know, would I, you I take guess, it? I, of course I would take it. Uh, sure. <laughs> Who cares about I've had, driving hot? I've had that. We've had that discussion a few times. Uh, yeah, well, well, you know what? After fifty-three years, uh, we'll take it any way we can get it. No asterisk. That's and, the rules for and everybody. You can plan the parade too. And uh, listen, we'd we'd have the parade in uh, in uh, what in September or whatever. <laughs> Nobleton. Uh, yeah, it'd be, it's going to be fascinating if they do if they do start the playoffs in July. I mean, you're going to be you know people. Am I going to am I I'm going to watch the NHL today or am I going to go to the beach? You know, it's a, an interesting decision we we've never had. But like I like you said, Naz, if the Leafs are in the Stanley Cup Finals, yeah, this this city will shut down. Uh, we'll all be watching. Anyways, on that note, we've got to go to break. And as uh, as we announced earlier, later on in the show. The uh, the legend uh, Bob Elliott, um, the the voice of baseball in Canada for so many, still the voice of baseball in Canada. Uh, and uh, right after the break, we're going to be talking about the book, The Second Life of Tiger Woods, with Michael Bamberger. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced contact-free delivery. Order and prepay online and choose contact-free delivery. The driver will place your order on your doorstep in a nice, clear, protective bag. Then he'll politely stand back two metres and call the number on the receipt. Once you answer the door, he'll give you a little toodaloo and off he goes. Contact free delivery from pizzaville.ca or the Pizzaville app. Are you real ready? If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents. Realtoursmedia.ca With a little training, anyone can learn the security business while on duty at your home or company. It's unfortunate, but a lot of security companies are just not experienced enough to handle the complex dynamics of tactical security. And that little bit of training and experience can end up costing you a lot more than you bargained for. Peace of mind, trust, and honor is the foundation on which the Regal Security reputation is built. They're driven, they're respected, and they're unrivaled. They're everyday superheroes. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. To become a champion in business, it takes coaching, training, and bench strength. And every team needs a skilled player like KPMG Enterprise for private companies. KPMG Enterprise helps entrepreneurs and family businesses grow, strengthen, and transition by offering a full suite of services, including audit, accounting, tax, and advisory. Your business doesn't stand still. It evolves. Team up with a winner. Visit kpmg.ca slash enterprise. Let's do this. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. 
The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live on the new AM740 in Toronto, 96.7 FM, live video streaming, www.zoomerradio.ca. We're thrilled and pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, Michael Bamberger. Michael is the writer for Golf Magazine, he's senior sports illustrated writer for over 23 years, and he's got a great new book out. It's called The Second Life of Tiger Woods. Michael, good morning, and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Walter, thank you very much for having me. And uh, remind me the name of the club that we, through which we met. Um, we, 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 the Outpost we, Club. Yeah, it was the Outpost Club. We had a, we had a Zoom meeting about, uh, I think it was about two, three weeks ago. I'm a member of a golf society down in the United States called the Outpost Club, and uh, they took the opportunity, the management of that took the opportunity to interview you on uh, by Zoom with all the members. It was a great, great uh, hour and a half, and I was uh, I was so impressed by it, I had to make sure that we got you for our show so that our listeners... Uh, it's a fascinating book. Michael, I've had the opportunity to go through it twice. Um, and uh, you did a great... You doing a, did a great job on that conference. I was impressed, and I wanted our listeners to... Uh, Get the opportunity, and uh, Naz will tell you, my co-host will tell you, when I get the opportunity to talk golf on the show, I am always get a little bit more excited. And uh, we actually got the golf season started in Ontario yesterday, uh, Michael, so uh, I'm even feeling it even better. My golf game wasn't that great, but we got out on the links. But it's not about me. Let's talk about your book. Memorial Day weekend, and we in, in the... The book is titled The Second Life of Tiger Woods because that presupposes perhaps there was a first life. And I'm, I'm going to set it up, tee it up for you, Michael. Uh, Memorial Day weekend 2017. I guess that's when Tiger Woods' first life ended and his second life started. It all happened on military trail down in South Florida near, near Palm Beach Gardens, near Jupiter. He was on his way back home, but his car was pointed in the wrong direction. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. Officer Matt Palladino um, sees a tiger in a car. Take it over from there. Well, it was a, it was a roadside arrest, just as you described. Uh, tiger had uh, he'd won five times in 2013. In 2014, 15, 16, and 17, he played almost no tournament golf, and uh, he had uh, a number of procedures and sur- surgeries, of one, one of which was a spinal fusion surgery in um, late April of 2017. 
And uh, then about four weeks uh, after that surgery, uh, he was found on the uh, on the side of the road in a in a car, a big black Mercedes, his own, with uh, mangled uh, tires and uh, uh, five different drugs uh, in his system, uh, all prescri- all prescription drugs, but lethal when used in combination, potentially lethal when used in combination with one another, and. Uh, it was, uh, that was, uh, he could have killed himself that night. He could have, uh, killed another person. Uh, those of us who've been following Tiger Woods, and that's millions and millions of us, see him as an icon of discipline and, uh, reserve, a careful person. So if it was a shock for us to see him in that position, Imagine what it was like for Tiger Woods, his own self, to, uh, he's a control freak, uh, to find himself, uh, with handcuffs around his back, uh, unable to, uh, speak, uh, being arrested by, uh, extremely professional, um, Jupiter Township, uh, police officers and, uh, and come out of a, come out of a holding cell, jail cell, uh, early on a hot morning. And uh, really assess who he is and who he wants to be. And the journey that he made from that morning to winning the Masters two years later, I think, is extraordinary. And uh, that is guts of the title and the book as well. From uh, Michael, from 2009 to 2017, uh, of course, 2009... Uh, um, was uh, was when uh, when he had the uh, I don't I don't I'm trying to choose the words carefully the incident with his wife I think it was a little bit more of an incident I think uh, that's when the world found out some things about Tiger that we hadn't known and his world in a lot of ways came crashing down and from 2009 to 2000 he lost the PGA uh, first time in a major tournament when he was in the lead and. Just a lot of years were nothing. Won some tournaments, no majors, um, some really significant health problems, and and then it all came crashing down on Memorial Day weekend about about three years ago. Um, your sense of Tiger after uh, that Memorial Day weekend? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he did finally accept that he needed help and went to rehab and have you ever seen an athlete who's gone so high and come crashing down so fast and so hard and then eight years later nine years later turn it around um and that a lot of your book is about that is that you know he came he conquered and then he crashed and then he redeemed himself uh, explore that a little bit with us, Michael, for our listeners. Yeah, well, Walter, you summarized that perfectly. That's uh, that really is the trajectory of his of his public life as we know it. Uh, I'd be hard pressed to find any other life uh, in sports or out of sports that remotely has those extreme swings. Uh, 
one is sort of tempted to maybe possibly say uh, Bill Clinton. Um, but it's different. And, of course, once you've been the two-term president of the United States, nothing that you can do in the rest of your life is going to, to match that. Whereas to go back to what it is that you do, as Tiger did, and then win the Masters, the first uh, uh, the, the first professional major that you did win, uh, that is sort of uh, completing the circle. So I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a life story uh, like that. Can 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 you think of one? <laughs> no, I can't actually. Uh, that that you that, know that, people might go. Go ahead, Walter. I'm sorry. Yeah, and you do, Michael. You do you do a fantastic job of taking us. I mean, you you've essentially covered Tiger uh, since he started in that in the U.S. Amateurs. Uh, uh, the one down in Newport, uh, you were there, you followed him, you reported on him your entire career. You've seen him at the top. Uh, you've seen him at the bottom. Um, and uh, you've been a keen observer of Tiger over the years. Uh, so I'll ask you this. Is this Tiger today really a new Tiger or is the script just better? And I think you know what I mean by that question. I, I do know what you mean. It's a very, it's a very sophisticated question. Uh, and uh, and the ordinary fan, many many ordinary fans, well, they might not even understand the question, let alone uh, have an answer to it. But you know, the, the the question implies how much of a professional makeover has Tiger gotten here, received here from handlers from consultants from pr people uh from limited ex- exposure uh in media environments that he can control completely and uh how much of it represents something deep within him Walter, well, the only the only real pause i would have with uh with your with your question before i answer it would be you know an implied changed and you, you know, from reading the book, my, my contention is that that's asking way too much. If Tiger is changing, that's a lot. Uh, and there's so much in that question. There's so much I'm unqualified to answer in that question. Uh, because what one of the things we're talking about here on a, you know, the most profound level, uh, and I would say the level I'm least qualified to talk about, but I'm an observer as, as we all are, uh, I've had the privilege of seeing it uh, up close, but I think what we're trying to, what we're getting at here is could tiger has tiger and can anybody develop uh, the empathy gene later in life? Um, there was a lot of evidence uh, in how he carried his life that he was a person of extreme self-absorption. Uh, narcissism, maybe, I mean, that's a technical term. I don't know if that would be correct or not. Um, uh, but he, the way he did certain things, and it, it would be almost tedious to go into it, uh, even though it's not tedious and it, it's there in the book for anybody who wants to read it, but would be there's a quality of all through Tiger's prime. There's a quality of me, me, me. And it's very common among elite athletes. Uh, then there's a crash, as you described. And then in the years after that, can you, there are definite signs of a more empathetic person a less self-absorbed person. There are signs of it. So the only thing I would be comfortable saying, just as someone who's 
looking at Tiger and reading tea leaves, as many are, um, that he's trying, that he's on a path, and that he's a more evolved person now than he than he was when he first came on the scene. Yes. Michael, um, who's the most popular Tiger, the one now or the one before? I think good question, Oz. I think I think uh, I think Tiger today. I'll say that for a couple of reasons. Uh, when he won the Masters in 1997 by 12 shots, first professional major, uh, he was 21. Is that correct? When he won that first Masters, 97. Yeah, 97. He'd been 21. He was born in 70. Yeah, he would have been right. 21. Yeah. In, okay, so he's 21. There was pandemonium. And when, when he won it last year at age 43, there, it, it was like Beatlemania, but it was all us to him, us worshiping, we, we the fans worshiping this, this phenom kid, the likes of which no one in golf had ever seen before. When he won this time, a year ago, a year and a month ago, it was much more of a cathartic experience. It was much more like I wish I could give a, a better Canadian example, but uh, I'll give one close close to Canada. You know, Michigan winning uh, at home uh, in front of, uh, you know, 70,000 people. In other words, the fans and the team are on the exact same side, and the fans are giving to the team, and the team is giving back to the fans, and that's what this felt like. So I would say that I would say the intensity – we, we can relate to Tiger more because we know he's like us, just another flawed human being trying to figure things out. Um, so the answer, I think, is today. Uh, my thoughts on that, uh, uh, Michael, is it, it shows, it shows ti- the Tiger story in that sense shows a lot about the character of, of humanity in, in a certain sense. We all love a redemption story. Um, we are, people are willing to forgive. Um, and he, you know, certainly I, you know, and you saw that not, maybe, perhaps even greater at the, at the tour championship at East Lake. I, I've never seen a crowd. Um, when they flooded the fairway on the, uh, the 18th fairway, when he was walking down, I think it was with Rory, if I'm not mistaken, it was just a, a, a scene that was just absolutely incredible. And that's human beings are willing to forgive and they're willing and they love a redemption story. And that's tiger. And then I'll, I'll, I'll turn it over to you in this sense. We have, I think a new tiger in some ways, can Tiger grow into the role of a senior statesman for golf and be an inspiration to the younger golfers, not just not for just for his golf ability, but for his ability to connect with the younger golfers and inspire them on an emotional and spiritual level? Can he become an Arnold Palmer, a Jack Nicholas? Uh, can he become a statesman of the game at that level? Your thoughts? Uh, he can, and he already is. You know, the, 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 the key thing there is, can he do it like Arnold? No. Can he do it like Bobby Jones? No. Can he do it like Jack Nicklaus? A little bit. You know, in other words, you have to do that role. 
consistent with your personality. That goes without saying. Um, but he's already on that path, very much so. And to go down that path to lead, you have to have people who are willing to be led. And we're already seeing that just on tour. There are players, some of them literally half his age, he's 45, and some, you know, on the order of 20, 25 years younger than he, um, who are, uh, they don't worship Tiger. They just want to learn from him. How do you play a shot? How do you how do you choose your clubs? How do you pick a schedule? What do you do for fitness? How do you manage the fans? How do you manage sponsors? And you see with Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, John Rahm, Ricky Fowler, uh, Patrick Reed, and over time, that will reach the generations that's going to come up um, after these uh, good young players, but also to reach. Uh, you know, kids in their 20s who are just playing uh, casual golf, uh, they'll look at Tiger as another generation looked at Arnold, another generation uh, looked at Jack. And I think it'll be uh, absolutely great for golf. Uh, and uh, I've, tried to, I've tried to make this case. Now, the USGA, in Canada, you play under RNA or, you, or the USGA rules? That's a really good question. Um, we play under RCGA basically. I think. I think, I think they're USGA. I, I, I'd have to Google that one, Michael. I think they're, I think okay. they're USGA. Is, you know, they're basically the same now. And yeah, but but yeah. my point was going to be that the USGA needs some help. The USGA needs some leadership help from, in, from a popular source. Um, Arnold played that role spectacularly for years. Bobby Jones played that role spectacularly. It doesn't have it right now. And one of my fondest... The USGA should be should be seen by the public as the group that has only the best interests of golfers in mind, and it doesn't have that reputation for some reason. Uh, so, um, lost my train of thought here for a second. Tiger could play a very significant role. He's 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 probably the greatest USGA champion of all time. He's won, I believe, six USGA national titles, three juniors, and Three U.S. Amps. Oh, plus his U.S. Opens. Uh, what does he have there? He's got three more of those. So he's got nine. I mean, it's incredible. I don't know what Bobby Jones has, but I don't. I don't. It would have to be the Tiger Jones as as one and two amateur professional, the two greatest USGA records of all time. But anyway, he could play a tremendous leadership role uh, for the USGA. He's got to be willing to do something uh, on a pro bono basis. You know, get paid for that. But you give him back to the game um, in the space. Uh, we've been talking to Michael Bamberger, uh, author of the book, The Second Life of Tiger Woods. I highly, highly, if you're a golf fan, if you want to know a little bit more insight into Tiger Woods, I highly recommend the book, The Second Life of Tiger Woods. Michael, unfortunately, I've got so much more I would <laughs> on, on my plate here, but unfortunately, we've got to go. Uh, in, in 30 seconds or less, uh, please, uh, what did you learn through this whole process? Well, I, I've, I've, I've learned to look at Tiger's life, uh, as I would, uh, hope any of us would look at any life, uh, just with more empathy in a word that I think it's been a difficult life, really. 
tremendous successes, but more pressure than we could ever know. And, uh, and I think it, it's kind of hard to find a valve for that pressure. So I think it's, I think it's a hard life actually. Um, and I don't want to say I feel sorry for Tiger Woods, but I feel like, uh, there's a lot, uh, I think he's a very complicated, smart person with a lot on his life. On that note, Michael, uh, it's I, been a, I'll talk. okay. Jim. No, go ahead, please. I don't thank you so much. No, no, no I got to run. It's good being with you guys. You thank care. you so much. Michael Bamberger really enjoyed the book. Uh, the book is the second life of Tiger Woods. If you get an opportunity, by all means, it's online at the bookstore. Uh, pick it up. It's, it's if you're a golf fan or you want to know a little bit more about Tiger, it's a very, very, very interesting read. On that note, we've got to go to break. Coming back from break, the legend, Bob Elliott. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced contact-free delivery. Order and prepay online and choose contact-free delivery. The driver will place your order on your doorstep in a nice, clear, protective bag. Then he'll politely stand back two metres and call the number on the receipt. Once you answer the door, he'll give you a little toodaloo and off he goes. Contact-free delivery from pizzaville.ca or the Pizzaville app. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. To become a champion in business, it takes coaching, training, and bench strength. And every team needs a skilled player like KPMG Enterprise for private companies. KPMG Enterprise helps entrepreneurs and family businesses grow, strengthen, and transition by offering a full suite of services, including audit, accounting, tax, and advisory. Your business doesn't stand still. It evolves. Team up with a winner. Visit kpmg.ca slash enterprise. Let's do this. The security business is easy, right? Anyone can learn it. Perhaps they can learn it on duty with your valuables at stake. Perhaps they can learn it in a crisis situation that requires an immediate intelligent response when lives are at risk. After all, what harm can a few mistakes make? Plenty. When it comes to security for your business or office, an experienced partner like Regal Security makes sense. Security is what they do. Peace of mind is what they provide. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. Are you real ready? If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents. Realtoursmedia.ca There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. 
They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live. I uh, usually say from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto, but we're uh, not in studio. Naz and I are uh, doing this remotely in Richmond Hill and Nobleton, and we're pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, or welcome back, the Dean of uh, Baseball Sports Journalism in in Canada, a Hall of Famer, Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, also in the National Baseball Hall of Fame in uh, Cooperstown, and so many, so many awards, so much respect uh, for this particular gentleman of course, I'm talking about Bob Elliott. Good morning, Bob, and thank you for joining us. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you very much uh, for the introduction. I think that's just the way I wrote it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, happy we... morning to everybody, uh, all, uh, all the nurses and health workers driving home uh, uh, after the late night shift. Uh, that, Bob, thank you so much for that. Uh, we, we make an, uh, a point of trying to thank them all uh, on our show every week so thank you for that naz at this point in time i'm going to give you uh i'm going to turn it over to you bob let's start in the world series 9293 you i understand that wayne gretzky makes an appearance in the game that's the first i've heard that that happened what what uh, was that like uh, well i didn't see him i was just told he was there uh and I asked Beeson, and um, I said, well, how many games was he at? And he said, well, that was the only one. And uh, he said, uh, when the greatest hockey player in Canada phones you up and says he wants to come to game six, uh, you get him a ticket. So I said, well, where was he sitting? He says, well, he was in the box. Uh, in the postseason, what the, the the teams do is, like, Toronto would give Atlanta a box and when the games were here and vice versa. So he was, I guess he was in the Blue Jays box. Yeah. Uh, Bob, uh, I was remiss in the introduction to, uh, to introduce uh, this great new book you have out. And that's, Naz is alluding to that in the Wayne Gretzky story, which is in the book. The book is called, If These Walls Could Talk. It's just out. It's a collection of, uh, Let's call it stories, uh, Blue Jay stories. If these walls could talk, Bob, tell our listeners all about your great new book. Well, it's just like that's a good word. It's a collection, and it's uh, uh, it's a series. So, like they did the the guy uh, the guy who phoned me he sent me four books. I think I think the San Francisco Giants, the Dallas Cowboys, and the St. Louis Rams. I think they just do teams that that have won, and uh, recently, and uh, I think the I think the the deal is if they get a media guy to write it, uh, then a uh, a player or a management has to do the forward. So that. And then vice versa. If a player writes it, then they have to get a media member to write the forward. So uh, uh, it uh, it's it's uh, I don't know where we are in this series, but uh, I did see a few books, and um, 
uh, where Toronto is listed, but uh, they certainly did win, and they certainly gave lots of excitement in uh, with uh, with under Antopoulos with Batista and everything. Bob, who is the better team, the '92 or the '93 team? Um, I think I might throw a curveball and say the best team was '85. They had 99 <laughs> wins because. Uh, uh, and 90, 99 wins, and they had two guys that were Rule 5 on their team, which means like 40 at-bats and 70 at-bats or something. But if if you held my hand to the fire in 92 or 93, I'd probably, uh, I'd probably, pick, uh, probably pick 93. It didn't have the pitching that 92 had, but uh, they had... Uh, they could they could uh, put some numbers on the board and and the thing is, Henderson was only here for about two weeks and he got um, he got uh, injured in Boston when we were in Boston and um, so the trainer this is a cute story should have put it in the book uh, <laughs> the trainer said here uh, he got hurt like late in the game right so he says here he said I want you to put this on your foot. And I don't know if he said for 45 minutes or for 15 minutes or whatever, but Henderson fell asleep. And the guy told him, he said, I've never used this before, but try it. So anyways, Henderson wakes up the next day with second-degree burns. Uh-huh. And uh, the, they almost fired the trainer. So every time I'd see Henderson, whether he was at Oakland or the Mets or San Diego, he'd he'd say, uh, Where's that guy that uh, treated me like a guinea pig? Where is he? Where is he? So eventually we're at Shea, and uh, my answer changed from he's still there is to, oh, he got let go. And he just stopped, and he said, hey, uh, come back into the clubhouse after BP. I want to see you. So I went back inside, and he wanted his he wanted his full name and his address and where he could contact the guy and he says is he all right you know financially and everything so that was that was a rare side of him that uh, I I had never seen before uh, like he cared that much about the guy before it was always like the guy that treated me like a guinea pig now, who had the most natural ability as a pitcher um. Well, I was I wasn't here for his whole career, but I guess it would be Steve, even though he did he wanted to be an outfielder. <laughs> wow! Uh, talking to Bob uh, Bob Elliott, uh, Bob, uh, uh, a lot of stories in your book. Um, Jose Bautista uh, tended to be uh, an enigma in a lot in a lot of ways. A uh, little bit standoffish with some in the press never seemed to be able to scratch the surface with him, but you, you were, you were able to, you, you were able to establish a relationship with him where, you know, he would talk to you and so many, and, you know, in, in reviewing your career, not just get ready for this interview. Uh, not that I didn't know about your career. Uh, we obviously all do. Um, yeah. You developed tremendous relationships with players and with some, Curiously enough, with some of the players that didn't have great relationships with with the media, um, Jose Bautista, tell us a little bit more about him. What you found in him, how you got his trust, 
what you admired about him? Um, I would guess that I gained his trust uh, the two years that he led the majors in home runs. And uh, I mean, we wrote lots about him, you know, and uh, very... I, like I was shocked the one day. Uh, the one day there was uh, there was an argument on the radio. I'm driving into the park and it's it's like Jose Batista is not only the best player in franchise history. He's the best player in baseball. He's the best player in baseball history. You know, like this is how silly you know things get when they get when the ball gets rolling downhill. So I go and I tell to. Him, tell him and he says i'm not even the best player in uh blue jays history i said what do you mean he said well george bell won the mvp with 47 home runs and uh he rhymed off uh delgado's numbers and then he rhymed off sean green with 42 doubles or 47 doubles or whatever like and i so i wrote it all down i'm thinking why there's no reason this guy's right on this you know he's guessing you know the 47 home runs for george bell okay that's that's accurate you know he won the mvp he's from the dominican but no way he knows sean green's doubles numbers so i go upstairs and look at it sure enough he had it bang on and i was very impressed by that and i so i went back down and i asked him i said why would you know these numbers he said well i want to play for this team for a long time so i should know its history shouldn't i that's a pretty good answer. I like it. <laughs> Naz? Yeah. 22 years uh, it took the Jays to get back into the playoffs again from the 93 season. I'd like to know um, what was the team that you thought should have made the playoffs and didn't because there were some talented players on that te- on those teams. And I'm wondering what team should have made the playoffs and didn't in those, those 22 years. Um, yeesh. that's a good one. That's a good one. I don't know if there was any. <laughs> that's <laughs> when Gloss, Detroit lost game, whatever year that was. That was a pretty good team. But the 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 one that really hurt them was uh was before ninety two was eighty seven when they lost the final seven games of the season and uh, meltdown in Motown or whatever people called it or the headlines. Uh, they lost the final three games and. And the last final game of the season, one nothing uh, uh, on a home run that scraped the fence, uh, Larry Herndon. But uh, that that was probably the biggest heartbreaker for them all. Uh, Bob, um, if you were to pick the uh, greatest Blue Jay of all time, uh, and you've seen them all, uh, is there anybody who would knock Robbie Alomar off the perch? Uh, no, no, he's number one. No. If you were, to, and I, I think he's the consensus number one. If you were to pick a number two, uh, who would be in the mix? Um, I've been asked that one before, and uh, I, I think they're top three or whatever. And I, I mean, uh, a guy who really gets—I uh, I got Halliday up there, and a guy who really gets overlooked, I think, is uh, is John Olerud. Like he was hitting, I remember sitting in his mother and father's house, and um, they had played. They played a doubleheader in Cleveland, and they put the game on. Uh, they taped the game, and 
So his coach came over and we watched the game and uh, I think he had four doubles or something and it was uh, it, that got him to oh I think it got him to three eighty nine or three ninety eight or something like that and that was like late late August I mean that that was that was a you know a run at four hundred which you know Brad had tried it Pedro's had tried it but. Uh, it hadn't been done since Williams, so I mean, it was a, it was a, it was really something, you know, that to see him, to see his consistency. I remember at first game at Clearwater, he hit the, I think that's in the book. He hit the, uh, double down the chalk in the left field line the first time up, and then, uh, and then he pulled a double uh, to right field, hit the chalk next time up. Like that's, you got it. You got it pretty well covered. You can do that. Yes. You had um, Jose, sorry, Jim Fergosi, uh, manager here and a manager against playing against the Jays. What was your relationship like with Jim Fergosi? Well, funny enough, it wasn't very good when he was here, but uh, uh, it was. Uh, as soon as he, uh, well, maybe till uh, the last month he was here, but, uh, I had known him for a while and, uh, he, he was a practical joker and, uh, the favorite guy I ever covered manager was Buck Rogers. I was his best friend. And, uh, you know, like, uh, you'd come around the corner in the lunchroom and if he was there, like, I'm not the only guy who said this. He could, he could light up a room, you know, he was, and, uh, Ned Coletti said he was the internet before the internet. <laughs> uh, we're talking to Bob Elliott, uh, Bob, uh, I know, I know you're a journalist and, uh, you know, you, you, you're supposed to be objective, but, uh, not so much the best blue Jay team of all time, your favorite Blue Jay team of all time, um, and why? I guess it would be. Uh, I guess it would be uh, one of the World Series teams. Uh, I mean, it wasn't. Uh, I mean, people say it was the best game you ever saw, and I said, "Well, Jack Morris when he was with the Twins at ten innings," and I yeah. and they said, "Well, what about?" Carter's home run, and I said, that was work. Like, you know, we had 13 people there. <laughs> I, I was the only, the only guy in Minnesota. But uh, for sitting back and enjoying it, uh, um, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, that's a good, that's a good one, too. The, uh, I guess, I guess for characters, uh, Molitor was good. On the '93 team, and Henderson was, and uh, and uh, I liked I liked Devon White, like when they got his line when they got. Uh, uh, remember when the Blue Jays got David Price and Tulowitzki and everything, yeah. and everybody's saying this is the best team in franchise history. So I thought I'd do a comparison story, just kind of like what you're suggesting. So I asked Cito. Cito wouldn't touch it. I asked two or three people who were there. They wouldn't touch it. So I asked Devon White. He says, you know what? He said, I'll gladly sit down and go through it with you position by position. 
as soon as they have two flags, two banners hanging out in center field <laughs> like we do. And he walked away, and I thought, man, that's the answer right there. Uh, Manager-wise, we, we haven't uh, gone. Cito, I mean, if you're talking about the all-time great <laughs> Blue Jays managers, Cito sticks out because he was the most successful, and there's Bobby Cox and uh, a whole slew of others. Uh, uh, best Blue Jays managers, anybody, uh, anybody better than Cito, or who would be up there with him? Uh, no, Cito would be number one. I uh, used to argue this with somebody else, how Gibbons was better. And I said, I used to say, uh, it'd be like one of those late night judges on Law and Order. They'd say the evidence, and the the guy'd roll the two World Series rings on on the table, and then uh, they'd go to the other guy, and didn't matter who it was, and they'd say, uh, uh, no World Series rings, uh, case dismissed, you know. But uh, Gibbons Gibbons was very good, but... uh, uh, from my earlier years, uh, I think my favorite was uh, Buck Rogers in the early 80s in Montreal. Uh, Naz, uh, the yeah, one, cl- our clock one. striking 10, so I will give you the last question. Go ahead. Do you think baseball will be played this year? Uh, I did last week, and then I read that 67-page uh, report. Or, uh, six, it's like... Uh, like they have to wipe down the gloves after each half inning. They have to wipe down the bullpen phone. They have to uh, um, sit six feet apart. They have to wear masks. And like, there's just so many things to do. I, I don't think. I think a deal will get done, like with the union and uh, and baseball. But there's just uh, I I don't know how many. I don't know how they. I don't know how they can pull it off. To to there's just. It's like it's it's scary. Like it's like Ottawa. Like Ottawa doesn't tell you no. We can't give you the money for a grant. They just they just give you sixteen hundred conditions that you can't meet. You know, <laughs> the government. <laughs> Anyways, we've been uh, we've we've had the privilege uh, to be able. No, to the talk. privilege is all mine. No, uh, thank you, but the privilege is ours, Bob. Thanks so much. Uh, you, you have no idea how much we appreciate talking to someone of your stature. I just want to remind our listeners, the book is If These Walls Could Talk. If you're a baseball fan, if you're a Blue Jays fan, if you like good writing, by all means, uh, pick up the book. Bob Elliott, uh, without peer in, in our generation of baseball writing. And, uh, Bob, uh, you're still going strong on the Canadian Baseball Network. It's your website. Uh, oh, yeah. Take Take 20 seconds, take 20, 30 seconds to tell our listeners all about that. Well, I laugh when people say I retired. What do you do? <laughs> I work about eight, eight to ten hours a day. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, writes about, we, we write about Canadian kids and uh, and uh, kids in college, kids in the minors. And, uh, uh, there isn't any minors this year as of yet, but... Uh, um, We've had a couple of stories on Jamie Romack, who's playing over in uh, Korea, yeah, from London, and uh, we uh, we have a, one of those Baseball America style draft lists, so um, people get what's the word uh, upset or uh, argumentative about that, and uh, it's just uh, it's just another way of uh, promoting the game, I think. 
We've been we've been talking to Bob Elliott. Uh, Bob, we've got to let you go. We've got to get off the air once again. Uh, much much appreciated. Thank you so much for sharing uh, your baseball stories with us. And uh, the book is "If These Walls Could Talk." Bob Elliott. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thank Bob. you much, gentlemen. Uh, Naz, on that note, uh, the clock has struck ten. Last words. Be safe. And thanks to all our essential workers. Uh, we do this every Sunday. Um, we really appreciate it. We'll be back again next Sunday morning. Have a great week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.